Words matter, people. He didn't say the hardest final ever. He said the hardest final they've ever seen, and they're all there for the first time, so it checks out. Plus, we're redoing the entire game, which is a choice. Corey drops a $16,000 rope. Berna is breaking down. Chef TJ has been cooking. Emmanuel builds momentum in Jay. The season's big bad villain and arguably the favorite to win the final is gone in the blink of a how did Corey put that together so fast? I, it's the challenge. Battle for a new champion. Episode 18 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the challenge historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future, if it's happening in the challenge universe. We are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me on this Thursday morning. Thank you for your patience. As we said last week, obviously coming into this week, we had Valentine's Day last night. I was doing Valentine's Day things, having a lovely date night with the wife. So we had to postpone. I did end up staying up late last night and watched the episode late last night after the date night wrapped up. But uh, it was then, you know, well past midnight. I wasn't going to record at that hour. So we're back here. I appreciate your patience in waiting. We've seen the basically two parts, more or less two thirds of the final in this two part episode wise final. We're going to talk about it all. BFANK episode 18 here today. And then as far as program reminders go, We'll have two to three more weeks of BFANG coverage. Obviously, we'll be back next week to discuss the season finale and the winner. And then we'll be back after that with a full season recap and awards and potentially a reunion coverage episode as well. I believe we're going to maybe get a two-part reunion out of this. It sounds like there was a lot of fireworks at the reunion. There's definitely a lot of things I'm actually looking forward to hearing them discuss together as a group at the reunion. So if that is worthwhile, we will cover that. And then hopefully, fingers crossed, we might also be having a cast member or two on to discuss the season so you still got some BFANG coverage over the next couple of weeks we will then hopefully be getting an all-stars four announcement for next month we'll roll into that pretty quickly we will come up with some other off-season stuff we're going to start to get some more of the non-just episode recap challenge coverage coming your way in the very near future we may have survivor coverage coming back here in a couple weeks time so there's some things coming but for now this week next week it be thank we're wrapping it up we're covering the final Tonight's episode will be the same always. Tonight's episode, today's episode. Now, it will be the same as always. We're going to walk through hitting the major storylines, awards, quick predictions at the end, which at this point are death sentences for anyone I predict to do anything positive. It's probably never going to happen for you. So that's what we've got. Hopefully, we'll be a little bit of a quicker one here as the finals. You know, there's a lot to talk about at the same time. There's not all that much to talk about. You know what I mean? So let's dive in. Be thank episode 18. Thanks as always for being here. Let's go. Kicking things off at the club and then the house, we get a brief, you know, little bit of a period before the final actually starts. TJ comes into the club, tells them that they have all made the final, which is great. Anytime you can, again, they, they did a really good job this season of having TJ more involved, him being there for 
the nominations and things. Loved that. Him getting to give some more opinions throughout. Loved that. And I like anytime he gets to show up and tell them, especially with positive news. That's a good thing for them to not always anticipate the worst when TJ shows up. So I like that. And I love that they give them a proper 24 hours to actually get ready. We don't need to do the, you just did an elimination. It's 11 PM. Why don't we start the final right now and have multiple overnight segments? You don't need it. The best finals are the ones that looks like this is going to be of have a full day, do an overnight, and then have a half day the second day to round it out, to finish it out. I think that's the best structure, and it seems like that's what they went with here. So I like them getting to have some prep time. And (laughs) TJ must not think these final seven watch the show very much, because as I alluded to in the cold open, TJ, I saw some people online being upset of like, do they always have to say the hardest final ever shtick, which has, has been a shtick in the past and is annoying when they say it every single season. But Listen carefully. TJ said the hardest final you've ever seen. And he said that in the you is the seven people standing in front of them. And none of them have ever been there before. And some of them don't seem to watch the show all that much. So they haven't even maybe literally watched that hard of a final. So it, it, it was kind of true in this instance. Then we get the letters from home. Then that was the kind of biggest portion of prior to the final actually starting. And I call it the letters from home because that's what it's called on Survivor. And this was directly a pull and stolen from Survivor. And guess what? That's great. Glad they did it. It's a wonderful moment every time it happens on Survivor. And it's a wonderful moment here just because they're not on an island the way they are in Survivor. They are still basically removed from the world, removed from communication. They get to do the little calls home here and then. But, uh, you know, they have to pick only specific people to do that to the whole thing. You're still very removed. You're still wanting that motivation, wanting that connection with the outside world. And it still works. This segment totally, totally works. So I'm glad they did it. I think this should become a staple of the pre-final life of you get to have these and read them before you go into the final for that little extra motivation, that little nice reminder of what each one's kind of playing for and what each one's story has been. As far as these 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 letters we actually get, you know, Emmanuel's is a tough read. He gets the letter from his girlfriend, and we have to be reminded in case you forgot because he quieted down the second half of the season. But that first half of the season, he was out there juggling three different women in the house at uh, the same time, it seemed. And that's while he has a woman back home that seems to be a serious, committed relationship that is... I would assume no longer, uh, you know, you can maybe get through, you cheated once on the show and there's, there's, there's therapy. There's things to work through that with, but, uh, three women at once juggle it in the house. It seems that seems irreparable, you know, when he goes back. So his was a tough read. Um, Colleen's is really sweet, really enjoyed hers. Corey's is an absolutely amazing moment is definitely the standout, you know, you're looking for these amazing, wonderful stories uh, when you have these letters coming from home. And we definitely get one there with him getting to talk about, you know, his, his upbringing and always feeling the way that he did living the experience he did and having that those feelings from his dad and always kind of wanting a little bit more or wanting some reassurance that these, you know, the love was there, the belief was there and that getting to have it in a moment like this as an adult on this show going into this what is going to be one of the hardest physical things probably the hardest physical thing I don't know Corey works out a lot but I would assume these finals are the hardest physical things any of these people do in their lives I don't think any of them are out there running you know like ultra marathons and stuff so 
amazing moment to get to see him have that letter and that reassurance and that love and connection with his dad. And then the one sad one is the Berna who is devastated to have not heard from her mom. That one is definitely a big bummer. And that is definitely what you open yourself up to. You're looking for kind of as far as why you do this on the show, other than to be like nice to the contestants and hopefully all of them have the really nice positive version of it. You are knowing that you're going to get potentially both sides of the big emotional spectrum as we do here with Berna being kind of having the opposite effect of like, I only wanted from one person and it wasn't there. And now, you know, I'm, I'm devastated about it. Good on Berna, I will say, for she removes herself from the group, which is appreciated um, and maybe not expected given the what we know about Berna as far in the house and the the kind of story that's been told to us about her. She knows, you know, has the wherewithal to be like, I should remove myself from this situation because I'm having a very different experience than everyone else. And I don't want to take away from theirs. And good on Corey as well, among others. But Corey was kind of the main one that went over and, you know, uh, said he loved her, told, you know, gave her the support and tried to try to pick her back up. So letters from home, big, big win, bring it back again. And then they head off to the final. At the final, we learn we're going to redo the whole game. We're doing Control Chaos Conquest again. And at first glance, I, I always love when they kind of redo the season within the final or reuse a lot of the either eliminations or daily games within the final. I'm a big fan of that. I think it's a really nice element to have in there and kind of makes you pay just that little extra more attention throughout the season, do a little bit more. It, it does kind of make it a little more sport-like in that, you know, the whole thing here is you show up to a daily and you never know what you're going to do and you get one single chance, but you kind of know that maybe I should reflect on it and how I could have done better because maybe a bunch of these things will show up again in a final or in part in a final. So I always like that. However, I don't know that we need the control section. I think I could do without the control section, which I loved, loved during the season. I loved seeing them have to work together to win money or keep money. That was fantastic. And I think they should do that again in future seasons. I just love the, the different element that brings and the different kind of strategy that brings and the dynamics in the house, the whole thing. It feels a little pointless in the final. It's just simply, we're going to do some extra stuff to tire you out. That doesn't ultimately impact, you know, like your time or anything to win in the end. It only simply impacts how tired you are and that you could possibly lose some money and that one of you could become more vulnerable to go into an elimination than another if you make the mistake as eventually happens here. But so I don't really know that they needed the control section, but overall it's fine. I like it. The energy drink to start set. Oh, wait, backing up one more thing. The other thing that I do like, the money split is the proper way. They, they should be playing for more money, period. They just should. But with the money they have, splitting it the way they do to get the first place to be $250,000. And ultimately, when they lose money, keeping the first place at $250,000 so that it matches all stars in USA is appropriate. So that made me feel a little bit better. But again, they, sh they should be playing for more money, point blank period, but I understand why they're not. I get it. I get it, but it's still, it still just stinks as a fan to know that, you know, they're playing for 250. Other shows are playing for a million. It feels very, very different in the end. It's just other shows have one to two seasons a year and Survivor and the challenge now has like six that they have to pay out. So total prize pot bigger in the challenge, just spread across a lot of seasons and a lot of people. Anyways, the energy drink to start. It's kind of funny. I'll admit it. 
I appreciate that it becomes the recurring bit. We see it again a second time in this episode. We looks like we're going to see it again in next week's episode. I enjoy that. And I enjoy that it is disgusting and seems hard to drink, but it also isn't like horrible for them. And is it's like tuna and beets and stuff. It actually probably does. You know, they call it an energy drink. It probably actually is a good thing for like some, some things that they should be putting in their body if they're going to run like this. So, you know, I like that they found a nice, a nice middle ground there of this is going to taste God awful, but I swear it actually isn't going to make you want to just vomit and poop the whole time you're running. It might actually have some small benefit to you for what you're about to do. Love that. Possibly poor strategy on the, the game they play. They go in the fortress. They find the boxes with the ropes. Everyone has to carry three ropes back. One person has to carry the nine ropes back. Then they have to put the ropes in uh, on a little rope course on the ground before 60 minutes is up to retain $16,000. I think they chose a poor strategy in that they should have paired up on the run back. No one should have ran back solo. It should have been two people each. And then the last group, maybe a three people running back together, mostly for I thought just for like the support of like, you're not doing this alone. Everyone kind of has a buddy to go with. I didn't even think through the like, so you could also watch if you drop anything or, you know, anything like that. I was mostly thinking like, if someone is trying to stop, if someone, you know, doesn't have that great internal motivation, they can have someone next to them, pumping them up, helping them out. Um, but uh, it turns out they should have had it because we have a big mistake made. Corey makes the big mistake. And I call it a big mistake because it, it does cost them $16,000. So it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty expensive mistake. I do feel bad, though, because it is an easy mistake to make as far as, you know, nine heavy ropes around you. You probably don't realize when the smallest one falls off and you're, you know, already probably pretty exhausted by this point. You're just, you're just looking at your feet in front of you like, please let me show up to TJ any second here so I can put these fucking things down. And so I... I think it, it was a pretty easy mistake to make, which I'm glad. Who knows what all they, you know, they're speeding through this stuff in the final. So maybe people got on his case more than we saw. Maybe they didn't. I think, you know, if they all assess like, yeah, that probably was a pretty easy thing to do. It really sucks. I can't believe you just cost us $16,000, but you know, not the, not the craziest thing to have happened. And clearly the nine rope add in, they did that on purpose. It was designed for something like this to happen. So production was probably high five and back behind the scenes of like, it worked. We wanted this to be the element that caused possible mistakes that caused an extra layer of difficulty and it worked. And, uh, yeah, the only other part to say about it is, and Corey does make one quick comment. We do, I think, hear him say to Mariah, did you see the rope? But there was multiple people that passed Corey during this portion. He's one of the first, if not the first, to like leave with the nine ropes. And there was the thing, you know, him and Jay both kind of wanting to do it and him, him getting to take it. But uh, there was multiple people that passed the rope and then didn't say anything. And it was Jay and Emmanuel who were at the back of the group who were like, what? The, there's a rope on the ground. We need to go get this person. So you know, a little bit, those people kind of skated by the fact that like, we didn't say anything. We didn't start yelling for Corey, but a uh, $16,000 mistake. And again, thankfully only cost second and third place. Eventually uh, does not cost the winner, which I agree with that decision. Then we get the first of what will be multiple eliminations during the final, which most of these people haven't been in one. So it turns out this, you know, this is going to help kind of the validity of the final and the eventual winner potentially a little bit, potentially if that winner ends up being Corey or whoever wins the second, uh, second elimination that we're going to see at the start of next week's episode. But 
they they have to choose as a group. They have to nominate one person, and they all seem pretty certain to know like whoever we nominate is going to get to pick their opponent. It's not said before, but they all seem to be on the same page there. And their options are as follows. They could go with Norris, which would have been super shitty, and I'm very glad that they did not do. They could go with Jay or Manuel, um, you know, which while Corey is proving to be a threat to, I think Jay and Manuel were kind of had the two highest perceived threats going into the final along with Norris. But again, there were hopefully they did rule out Norris because it would have been super shitty. So they could have looked in the like, well, Jay and Manuel, the rest of us could say those are the highest perceived threats. We maybe have an argument to gang up and throw one of them in, but they, you know, Norris steps in and says, I want the best partners possible. If we're going to do chaos, that means partners. And, you know, I want to, I want to be working with the best possible people, which is interesting that then that leads to her being like, so Corey, you made the mistake and like, we should throw you in, which yes, again, he made the mistake. He cost them $16,000. Um, I don't know that that mistake would have outweighed for me the, like, if we're going on, who do I want? We want to get kind of the weakest person out of here to not be partnered with them. I don't know that my one mistake outweighs what we're seeing and what we have seen from Colleen and Berna, especially here in the final, but ultimately they pick Corey. It is deserved. He lost his 16 K and he seems to be very understanding of that. And, you know, steps up to the plate. He then picks Jay to go against the right move. Absolutely. The right move. It's either got to be Jay or Manuel. You, you know, you've got to beat both of them in this final. Again, he rules out Norris as the other person that in that kind of top tier of threat that I think the four of them collectively are above the other three. Um, and so he rules out Norris. Good. Thank you. Again, would have been the really shitty thing to do. And so he says the right thing. I've got to either pick Jay or Manuel because I'm going to have to beat them. I, my odds are better of beating them in a one-off quick elimination versus this continued slog that is this final. So why not try to get one of them out? It's a risk worth taking, no doubt. They do a very Survivor-esque puzzle. Again, second time, they kind of pull Survivor-esque, you know, balance, build a thing on a little balance board. Love that. I love them every time they're on Survivor. I think they're just an incredibly interesting thing to watch complex thing to actually take part in just bring in poise and composure so much and these two shows should steal from each other more it's okay if anyone's offended like you don't get to steal survivor stuff they don't get to steal challenge stuff these shows are both 25 years old basically at this point they've come up with hundreds and hundreds of games all of the best ones have been done all of the best types all of the best strategies all of the best varieties have been figured out have been decided they should both just do the good stuff that each of them have found. And this is some of the good stuff. So I really like it. I thought when they got started, they both fly respectfully to Jay. They both fly through the, you know, gathering the three bags of puzzles. Corey absolutely flies through it. And Jay like regular flies through it. So Corey gets a slight head start on the puzzle portion, but not, not too much really. And when they started doing the puzzle, I actually thought Jay, my first note, and basically my only note, because this thing goes over really fast, was Jay had the better strategy of the little triangles they were stacking, you know, had the flat top, but Jay was turning them on their side and stacking on their side, which meant his tower was slightly taller, but it was a lot more surface area of the pieces being stacked versus Corey's was a little shorter, but was using that very thin top of each triangle and therefore having to have a little bit more balance. So at first glance, I was like, 
oh shit, no, he Jay figured out the strategy. He's going to win. Obviously, I'm pulling for my guy, Corey. And I was thankfully very wrong because Corey builds this thing in a flash. It's over very quickly. And suddenly he's won. Now he's got an elimination under his belt. Now he gets to kind of add that again to that validity of if he would go on to win while some folks like myself would say, you don't need that. Others out there, you know, have been complaining about none of these folks having been through an elimination because I guess, you know, we're, we're discounting anyone that's ever been to a final and won without going through an elimination. Now I don't hear anyone complaining about CT in some of his wins. I don't hear anyone complaining about some other folks that they just like and have a lot more history with having gone this route and winning and it's all fine. But when new people that you're, you know, incentivized to not necessarily like go through it, I get it. We hate on them. What Whatever. So for those people, it would help out. And yeah, he, he gets the big win. It's over in a flash. And suddenly Jay is just gone. He's just gone. And this was another, we've had, you know, the four reminders in a row. Now this, this isn't a purge. This is an elimination loss, but it's in the, the situation that it happens. It feels kind of like the purges did of the last three episodes where you're reminded when someone gets purged or eliminated in a final like this, it kind of is just suddenly they're gone. They're just suddenly out of the episode. And you're like, wait a minute. Okay. There was no, you know, th this wasn't drawn out in any way. They're just here. And then they're gone very, very quickly the way Raven, Ed, Michelle, and now Jay is here. I appreciated his villain run this season. I love having a villain in these shows as longtime listeners certainly know. And I, yeah, so I, I, I want I want that every season. I'm glad we got a legitimate one this season. And I think he did ultimately play a great game, which others, you know, that just want to be upset at the villainous things that he did in the shitty way. He treated some people at times, you know, want to say he played a shitty game. He didn't, he played a very good game. He did. Maybe. Yes. He was the one that benefited from the most friends coming into the house at the start. Someone is in that position every single season to some degree or another. So yeah, he had that little benefit, but he built up the Alliance. And even as he maybe didn't treat everyone hundred percent perfectly in that Alliance, he held it together, kept the numbers on his side at all points when there was a lot of moments where things could have flipped and he or the people he was working closest with somehow held it together. And everyone may hate him now after the season. It seems like it's pretty, you know, that's that's the consensus in the fandom. We all hate Jay now. Remember when he used to be likable? Now we all hate him. This, that, and the other. I I do feel bad for the guy. Because knowing the bit about his personality that we do from his from this time on the show, but certainly from his social media presence, if you follow him at all, uh, you know, elder emo is a common hashtag. He definitely is the guy who deals with his feelings head on. And I feel like he might be inclined to take the negative feedback pretty hard, which is, you know, a thing everyone on these shows has to deal with. If, you know, if they choose to be online and reading everything they, you know, they see we're a very opinionated, we're a very loud fan group. And certainly the opinions have been pretty harsh his way this season. And I feel like he's a guy who maybe hopefully doesn't, but potentially, you know, looks at a lot of that, maybe takes that pretty hard and is a guy who ultimately does just want like those as someone who's the same age as him and grew up on the same emo music. He very clearly loves more than I do, but I definitely listened to a lot of it as a kid. And I know what, what the feelings were that caused the, the, the interest in that type of music and that the kind of life that he leads now, uh, I feel like he just desperately wants the friendships and the connection and would actually feel pretty awful about especially how things went down with Narice on this season. And that this turned into a lot of kind of being put in a corner and lashing out versus actually giving into 
the 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 feelings and the the want the desire for friendship and connection he was probably having so we'll see how the reunion goes you know for his own sake him personally it would be great to see him come out and own up to some of the ways that he you know like shouldn't have just like yelled at michelle all the time shouldn't have always just blamed one or two of the women when he had a hand in certain things you know definitely did a lot of things wrong on this season definitely made a lot of decisions that i very much disagreed with so for him personally i think it would be great to see him come out show some remorse give some apologies, let, you know, be like, I played a good game, but I did it in a way, you know, I could have done it in a way that wasn't as vindictive or mean to people I care about. And, you know, maybe give a real legitimate remorseful apology to Norris for how things went down. That would be the best thing for him personally. Would it be the best thing for the show? Absolutely not. The best thing for the show would be for him to come out and continue to lash out and stay in villain mode so that we have that character going into future seasons. We'll see which version uh, comes out potentially at the reunion. I would assume he's going to be kind of center stage at that reunion center of a lot of the things that went down. But as much as everyone you know, was hating him this season. I appreciate the entertainment that a great villain brings us. I disagree with a lot that he did. And I do hope that mentally he's able to look back on this and, uh, you know, and not, not beat himself up too much. And I hope the fandom can maybe only beat him up so much as we deserve to call out villainly and not make it super personal and go down that road. And then finally, we have the chaos portion. We get to see the entirety of the chaos portion leading up to what will be a second chaos elimination here starting next week's episode. I liked being matched with everyone once, even if there is some, there's definite luck involved when you do the matching pairs in a final. There's a lot of luck involved in that. If you're matched with the right person at the right time or the wrong person at the wrong time, you know, Berna gets Corey for the heavy boxes. That's super helpful. When they, he says you got to carry heavy boxes, you look around, you're like, I desperately want to be with Corey for this one. That's very clutch. Emmanuel gets Berna for the kayaking versus all the other ones where you have to run and she's complaining about her groins. You get her in the kayak smiling, being like, oh, my upper body's solid right now. Like, we got this. No problem. That's super clutch. Norris gets Emmanuel for eating. That's a bummer. He was really great at all the other ones. He does perfectly well at the eating. He does great at all of them, basically. But like, you kind of want him for the running part that everyone else got him for. And then Colleen for the heavy boxes, which is not who you want to be partnered with on that heavy box thing that she almost failed at, you know, during the daily when they had to do it and now struggles mightily here again. So Norris, not so lucky with this. It is luck of the draw. And it's a bummer that the luck of the draw goes against Norris again, uh, which, you know, really sucks. But I'm okay with that being a part of the final. I'm okay with that being built in. And I'm good with being able to time out. Only though, because uh, one, it just keeps things moving, which is which is good. And it means I don't love when there's one thing that it would be like, you know, Norris and Colleen were about to get back with that box. But if it would have been like, hey, they took an hour longer than everyone else, they're officially out of the final now because of one stage. I don't usually love that. And so I like that there's timeouts and I like that they seemed to try to make the five stages all somewhat take the similar amount of time. So a couple of them were a little longer than the others or would take longer than others. I don't know what the full time limit on each one was, but it wasn't like, hey, one of them, 
is super fast is going to be over in five minutes. And the other one, the time limit's an hour and a half. And so, you know, there's wild differences stage to stage. I like the stages being somewhat even. I like them being able to tie out all of that. The structure of this, the operation of it was very, very good, which I always like to point out because obviously we know there has been many a final where we don't feel that way. So I do feel really good about this you know, the level of fairness, the level of luck involved, the actual operation, how they built it, how they planned it out, all being really, really, really well done. <laughs> then we've got Berna. Berna is going to let you know exactly how she feels at all times. That's that's what we know about Berna now. We know that about Berna. And, you know, because of that, tired Berna, just tired Berna, looks like on her deathbed Berna. And she can be on that deathbed for an extended period of time because from the first checkpoint to the last one, she is on the verge, seemingly on the verge of quitting, though she never does. So good on her for that. It definitely looked like it was going to go that route. And I was already in my head thinking, okay, so if she quits, they didn't say, is her partner just screwed? Is two people about to be eliminated here? Narice gives the confessional or two where you're like, wait a minute, this is not how this is about to end, right? Burn is going to quit. Narice is going to be partnered with her and Narice is out of here. If that, if there will be riots in the street, if that happens, like legitimate riots, deserve it riots in the street, if that happens. So glad Glad she doesn't quit. Glad we don't have to go down the road of what they were going to do if one of their six people at this point did quit. And as we said before, Narice got unlucky with the pairs, certainly. Um, Emmanuel gets the best pairing situation. He also just crushes it. It's not like he was given this dominating performance that he had. He dominated himself and was the best person to be matched with on four of the five stages, essentially. But uh, he also did get solid pairings with the right people at the right times for the most part, where Narice absolutely got the worst end of the pairings. Corey keeps himself in it. I'm looking at those three as like the three people after this performance of like, okay, you three could win. The other three, Colleen, Mariah, and Berna, I'm kind of counting them out after this performance. I don't see I don't see a dramatic turnaround in the individual part, even though they're all going to start on the same footing. One of them won't be there after this elimination. I uh, I don't I don't see those three. So I've, I've narrowed it down to the three people left. And obviously, we end the episode on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Maybe it'll be a cliffhanger. Maybe it's pretty straightforward. But Emmanuel has a choice. He gets to throw someone in. Uh, he does reference a champion maybe in his confessional. Like, what if a champ comes in? That was, you know, what happened during chaos. I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm undecided on how I feel if if it did happen. If they flew in an extra person, that it was a big surprise of like, now you have to go against whoever. I don't know. Maybe Bananas is there. Maybe Wes. I don't know. Whoever they want to get. Be like, now you have to do a one-minute puzzle versus them. We flew you all the way here to do a one-minute puzzle in a final. Johnny Bananas is the only one probably willing to maybe make that trip, uh, but they would also have to pay him the most to do that trip. So I don't think it's happening. We'll see. If it does, I'll decide how I feel. Next week, Nerese is probably going in. Unless Emmanuel decides to do kind of the the smart and kind combination and say Corey and be like, I think there's three of us that can win here. You know, it feels shitty to say Narice. So Corey, you go in. You're a threat, and I don't feel as shitty about it. Although we did work together, so you feel shitty in that way. You know, he he's he's just gonna have to say, I don't know. He's gonna have to pick between those two. And yeah, I think the wild card pick would maybe be Mariah. Maybe if he actually does have the heart and is like, it, it feels shitty to say Narice and Corey and I worked more closely together and I never really actually, you know, Mariah and I were in the same group, but we didn't discuss anything ever. Maybe he goes there. 
Probably not, though. I think he's going to just pick Norris, make it pretty straightforward. And does she then, let's let's say she does get picked, does she go the easiest possible route and say Berna, who definitely is who you want to go against if you're just like, I just want to win in advance. I don't care about taking out the biggest threat. And also the biggest threat is Manuel, and I can't pick him. So does she just go Berna? is losing it, whether this is physical or mental, I think I've got the highest chances of beating her. Or does she want to take out the biggest threat and say, I can't pick a man well, so Corey, you know, it's you. Or does she like Corey enough to leave him alone and kind of go in the middle and also and go the Mariah route of like, well, I can't say a man well. I don't want to say Corey. He's the only one here I kind of start to like again. And so of the other three women, the only one I'm even a little nervous about is Mariah, so I'll go with you. Who knows? We will see, but I do think uh, that it is going to be Narice getting picked, and we'll see if she can add to her elimination legacy and continue on in the final. As for the awards, these are pretty quick and easy. For the best quote this week, uh, two nominees. The first one, Mariah's You Vagina Whapped Me, which what I think she said whapped. I do not think she said whacked with a CK. I think she said whapped with a P, which is way better and way funnier when a man well and her are trying to get the box down on the saw thing. And, uh, you know, she gets hit and thankfully, you know, a man well is at least smart enough to be like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, we both did it to each other. So maybe I shouldn't said you, but that was a very funny moment and very funny quote. And then the actual quote of the week though, there isn't one in particular. I'm just giving the award to TJ because I really enjoyed that we got snarky TJ here during this final. He was pretty hard on folks, pretty, you know, anyone who was in last, you were going to be known like you're in last and you need to do better. Like, come on, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up over and over and over. And I think both this is TJ's real feelings and maybe production being like, hey, we need to make sure, you know, we did do the whole, you got to beat the best to be the best. None of these people here actually faced a champion. Almost none of them went into eliminations other than Norris. And so, you know, feel free to be hard on them. Feel free to make it, you know, push them as much as you want. Not kid glove this at all. So I loved everything. There was a bunch of things TJ said that I found funny or enjoyable, just how snarky he was being. So he gets the quote of the week nominee without, or a win, quote of the week win without an actual specific nominee being given that win. Best moment. We got the letters from home, specifically Corey within that. Absolutely. We got Jay and Emmanuel um, seeing the dropped rope uh, and just them immediately freaking out about it. That moment and just the realization that, yep, they probably just lost $16,000 or whoever gets second and third eventually each just lost six and $10,000 respectively. Uh, that was a great moment. Corey beating Jay in a flash and just how quickly that went down and suddenly Jay's gone and Corey has an elimination win. That definitely gets in there. And then the other one, <laughs> that I really, really loved and I'm going to give the win to is during the, at the end of the eating portion, Corey is off in the ocean, vomiting very loudly. And we hear it a couple times. They show it a couple times and Berna is still trying to finish her food and Colleen. And I think Norris also turns around like to be tried to be fair and nice and said, you know, they start, everyone just starts yelling at Corey. Like, can you please do that softer? Berna's trying her hardest over here and is really getting thrown off. The rest of us are going to maybe start throwing up now hearing you. And they pan to Corey a couple different times. And the last time they pan to him, he's kind of smiling and knows like, one, this is real. I'm not faking this, but also it is funny that it's bothering all of you so much. So he gets a nice little smile. I liked that moment. We'll give it the moment of the week. As for the episode MVP, 
you know, I'm only giving three people even votes. We're not even doing a full ballot here. TJ definitely gets votes. Again, love the snarky TJ. Narice, uh is just always great, and so I enjoyed her. But Corey is the MVP of the episode. He definitely you know, was just listed in basically all of the good moments of the episode. And so he takes home I, maybe his first MVP of the season. I don't have the full tally in front of me, but if it is, congrats. We get an MVP in the second-to-last episode for my guy, Corey. Finally, you know, the power rankings and the predictions, we just continue to be on the worst losing streak ever. And as far as this entire season, I've never been more wrong week to week about a season than I have been about this one. I had Jay as the top threat and the who I thought was going to win going into the final. Obviously, he's now gone. If I had to power rank again, what I said earlier, Emmanuel, Corey, Norris, and then a line. Those three, any of those three could still win in my mind. Burnham, Mariah, Colleen cannot win in my mind. Mariah would be fourth is the, the maybe wild card. I guess we could see if, if Corey got, uh, or Corey and Reese, one of them eliminates the other. And then maybe Emmanuel just completely shits the bet on a puzzle that doesn't have a timeout or something. I don't know, but Emmanuel, Corey and Reese are the top three. One of those three is winning in my mind. As for predictions for next week, Again, I don't know. It, it's this point, there's so few <laughs> options that maybe I can finally get something right. Who knows? I think Emmanuel is going to throw in Norris. I think Norris is going to pick Mariah to go against. I think TJ will make it clear that Norris is his favorite and is the best one there because he has done that repeatedly through the last few episodes. I do not believe there will be a champ there to go into an elimination against. That would be pretty outlandish in my mind, but we'll see. And then we'll see if it does happen, how I react to it. And I think Emmanuel is going to get the win and it's going to be a very interesting to win to see how it is received, how it is discussed by the fandom. If he does in fact do it, if Norris wins, things are going to go through the roof positive. If Corey wins, I think people will, it'll be a little more mixed in the middle, but people will come around to the idea of like, this is great. And we do like him. And if Emmanuel wins, I think it's going to be not the same as what it would have been if Jay had won, but a different version of that, of there being a little more negativity, a little more trying to downplay this season and his win and everything else. And uh, certainly we'll, you know, um, yeah, it'll just be a very different discussion between the three of them winning. We will see. I think Emmanuel is going to pull it out. And I will certainly, if he does, I will feel really great for knowing how much, you know, that money does really affect his life in a dramatic, dramatic way, as it does for any of these people and to, to varying degrees. Um, but it, we definitely know, you know, it'll it'll be really, really dramatic increase for his life. And that'll be amazing if it happens. We will see next week. So we will be back next Wednesday night. Back to Wednesday night again. No holidays that I know of next week on Wednesday. So back next Wednesday night to discuss the champion quick breakdown. And then the following week, we'll be back with our season recap in awards and or some reunion coverage and or some possible cast member interviews to discuss the season that was. So be thanked for a couple more weeks. Thanks as always for being here at Challenge Historian on Instagram. If you want to get in touch and chat anything challenge related, hit me up there or in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe as always, rate and review. That stuff helps a bunch. I love you. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you next week. Peace.